All right, people, I'm not going to hold anybody else up any longer. We are live. This is the first episode of the VF Cast, myself, VF Baller. And I'm just getting one more link out there. Once I get that out there, we're going to be good to go. Look like everything is running very, very smooth. I appreciate everybody who's already here. Look like I got a pretty good audience already. Looking really, really good. And I appreciate it. On all three platforms, you can find this on my twitch channel which is vf baller you can also find it on the youtube channel which is the vf cast channel which um i just started that up a few um about a week and a half ago and it's also on facebook uh gaming on my gaming channel the facebook gaming channel you guys can check that out as well um we're gonna have some fun today we're gonna just talk about who i am and why i started this podcast and why everything is the way it is as far as the direction this podcast is going to go uh, i want to get a few things out of the way none of this stuff is scripted it's everything's just going to be off the cuff uh i never was a fan of scripting anything so that's just the way it's going to be so we're going to be doing everything the way uh i normally do it on the first and frame rates channel um or the podcast whatever the case may be so uh you guys will um i think you guys will enjoy the way i do this i think you guys will like it and uh let me just get i'm still waiting for this link to pop up for the facebook side it's kind of weird how it pops up um oh there it is i got it i got it i got it okay i got it so you can catch me on all three platforms facebook twitch and um i'm also on uh facebook as well and uh let's see one more thing there we go and one more and that is right here so i'm gonna put this one up here that'll be fine what's going on quayface good to see you bro good to see you here thank you for stopping by and i hope you enjoyed this episode that i'm about to put together just a little bit i'm at the once I get this thing to uh, SoundCloud, I'm going to have to edit this out. This, you got to understand it. Like, I'm really trying to get this thing holding this all together. But I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. So where am I? One more thing. There we go. All right. So let's go ahead and get this thing up and running. Let's go ahead and get it started. And here we are. This is, like I said, this is the VF cast. And I am VF Baller. And we're going to be talking about a lot of things today. But uh, there's some things that's going to be basically ad-libbed. There's a lot of things that we're just going to talk about to where, um, let me fix this right here. There we go. There's a lot of things that's going to be ad-libbed, but for the most part, I'm going to give you a pretty much overall view of why I started this podcast, what this podcast means, and what I want to do uh, with uh, this podcast going forward. Uh, mainly this podcast is going to be where I'm just, uh, talking about gaming in general, uh, not necessarily the sports side. Cause I mostly talk about sports gaming on uh, first and frame rates or, or the case may be, um, mostly I, uh, talk about sports and sports gaming and, uh, but this podcast is going to be a little bit different. What you want my baby? You want my hat? Where's my other hat? You can get my other hat right there for me. You don't want it no more? Well, there it is. This is my son. Like I said, none of this stuff is going to be ad-libbed. It's like, you know, I mean, none of this stuff is going to be scripted. It's just my son came in. He saw me with my hat on. He doesn't want it anymore. He just walked off. But uh, 
like I said, it's, this this podcast is basically going to be me uh, talking about gaming in general, all the things that happened throughout the week, all the things that happened that we may see. That's a pretty decent topic. We're going to talk about, um, you know, how people react to games, how people, uh, um, gaming behavior, my behavior in gaming. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on your behavior in gaming. Just uh, the main stuff that I want to get. Uh, I want to get across when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I think it's going to be pretty neat when we get to it. If you guys don't mind, you guys can hit the like button. Or if you're over on Facebook, hit the like button. Share it. If you're on Twitch, you can um, find a way to uh, share it or follow if you haven't already. It will be much appreciated because I am in the process of trying to make this grow. And we'll just see how that goes. All right. Well, now I got all the uh, kinks out of the way. This is who I am. I am a, a gamer and I love to game. Uh, I started out when I was young and uh, very young. I think I started when I was maybe three or four years old. And uh, it just never stopped from there. I mean, I, I've been on a quest to just play games. I've been pretty much, I'm the only kid. So with that being said, I've, I've always been the one to actually um, stay to myself. And I just played video games on my own. You know, not necessarily the only kid. I'm the only boy. I will say that. Um, I have three other. I have three other sisters, and it was just me, um, to myself. And it always started back with the Atari. Um, my mom, she owned the Atari 2600, and the Atari 2600 uh, was one of the. Uh, it was one uh, console that I actually thought was pretty cool. Um, I ne- I basically uh, was playing a lot of Pac Man and Yards Revenge. I remember playing some um, uh, Missile Command was another game I played. And I, this was when I was like three or four years old when I first started. And from there, um, I ended up getting a Nintendo. And uh, I was playing the NES, just like the early 80s or whatever the case may be, I mean, mid-80s. And I've been playing Mario. I've been playing all these, other, all these other games. And I was fascinated with just trying to outsmart the computer that's one of the things i've always wanted to do i want to try my best to outsmart the computer uh and i think that i I think i still relatively hold on to that to this day to where i'm always trying to outsmart the computer and i'm always play online i always play offline because of um i just never been a fan of playing online games and this just started something when i was young just always playing those type of games uh, by myself and uh um i played an extensive game uh, 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 uh extensive amount of games on the um nes i remember playing mario 1 2 and 3 contra uh double dragon 1 and 2 um rc pro-am i played uh oh goodness the castlevania um oh goodness uh ninja gaiden uh it's just so many games I played back then. It's just something that I just carried on. And I went over to the Super NES and it just went from there. I started playing uh, Street Fighter, uh, playing uh, Act Razor, uh, playing Legend of Zelda. Uh, I've, I mean, it's just so many games I've been, I've played throughout that time. Now, on the flip side of that, my cousin, he was the Sega Genesis guy. And the Sega Genesis um, was his type of, uh, it was his console. And that's how we, that's how I got experience with the Sega Genesis to where I played the Nintendo stuff. He had the Sega Genesis stuff. And um, from there, I used to play Joe Montana football. 
Uh, and I think that's when I really started playing football games. Because even when I had an Atari, I had a uh, football games. Um, I had um Atari. Um, I had football on Atari. I remember having basketball, but I never really got into those. But for the most part, I was mostly uh started playing sports games when I got into the Sega stuff. Um, I remember playing um Joe Montana football, like I said, ninety two, ninety three RBI baseball, um. And I remember, like, the only game on Nintendo I played that was sports later was, like, Bases Loaded. And I remember playing 10-yard fight in Tecmo Bowl. But even then, I was more of the Tecmo Bowl type on the Genesis. Because, like, not only just me, but, like, my other family members, they all was, like, mostly on the second Genesis. And I was the one on the Super Nintendo. And then I started playing a little bit of Madden or whatever. And uh, pretty much that's, like, from there, that's what my football stuff has been. But even back then on Super Nintendo, um, like I said, I played the Street Fighters. I remember playing Castlevania IV, uh, um, Super Off-Road. Uh, I mean, the, the list goes on and on of all the games I played. Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. But, I mean, we could talk about those games at another time. Just going to keep going through my history. And from there, I jumped over to the N64 because uh, at the time, um, my mom was dating somebody. And the person who she was dating, he had a PlayStation. I remember, boy, I remember him getting a PlayStation. And I was um, vehemently against the PlayStation. I did not like the PlayStation at first. I thought I didn't. I was not a fan of playing with um, compact disc. And what's going on, DJ? Good to see you, bro. Uh, I was not a fan of playing compact playing with compact disc. I was not a fan of. Um, I just wanted to play with cartridges. That's all I remember playing. So I ended up getting an N64. And one of the first games I got on there was obviously Super Mario 64. You know, Super Mario 64 was the game that um, that I ended up getting. And uh ended up beating that. Uh, semi-beating it because I didn't know you had to get 120, all 120 stars. So I had to go back and do that because I technically beat it the way that you thought you were supposed to. You are supposed to beat Bowser. Um, from there, I went to... Um, Super uh, Mario, or not Super Mario Kart, just Mario Kart 64, which that was another game I played on any um, Super Nintendo. Um, I played the, uh, I played Mario Kart, the regular one. What's going on, Jerry Green? Good to see you over there on YouTube. DJ is over there on um, Twitch, and Complementary is also over there on YouTube. Good to see you guys. Guys, good to see you guys. Um, But even from there, uh, the the N64, I left from there with playing uh, Killer Instinct Gold. Um, I remember playing the uh, uh, the new the Ocarina of Time on N sixty four. Also played um, a lot. I, I played a lot of other games. RBI, not RBI Baseball, but All Star Baseball ninety nine was my game. I started playing uh, NBA Showtime, and I think around this time was when I really started getting to the arcade sports titles, where it came to like NBA Jam. Uh, I'm sorry, NBA Showtime, uh, Hang Time, because I did play a little bit of NBA Jam on Super Nintendo, but I, you know, I just I, I played a little bit of that in College Slam. But when N64 came out, and it felt like it was a more of an upgrade to play NBA Showtime, that's when I really started running with it. And then at the time, I really wanted, um, 
I think that's when I really kind of lean over to PlayStation then because I wanted to play NBA Jam Tournament Edition because that felt like an arcade experience because even though I was deep into playing consoles, I was a big fan of the arcade scene. I used to love going to the arcade and I remember playing NBA Jam, but the uh, the NBA Jam on Super Nintendo really never did... Um, it, it didn't... It never really... Uh, captured me like i wanted it to I, I wanted the arcade experience so like i said once the nba showtime and well definitely nba um hang time and i think that's one game i'm going to play um on a retro stream one night uh that's that's when i really wanted to lean toward the arcade sports nfl blitz came out for in uh, in 64 madden 64 came out over there on the n64 as well uh then I started playing the wrestling games. I started playing a various a, a whole bunch of games on there as well. Yeah, going to the arcade was great. Absolutely, going to the arcade was absolutely phenomenal. It was one of the things that um, it's one of the things that I really uh was um very fond of. I used to love going to the arcade. And the thing about it is, my friend he used to work at an arcade, so we used to have all types of um fun going to the arcade getting free plays and all this it was great um also um it's one of the reasons why i really never gravitated towards street fighter on the super nintendo it was one of the things i just did not want to really play and uh i i just wanted an arcade experience so once the n64 dropped that's something that i wanted then i realized the playstation and the um the saturn they tried to bring the arcade experience home like NBA Jam Tournament Edition for PlayStation was like damn near like arcade perfect. The Saturn one was better than that. It was better than the PlayStation. So I, that's when I started really wanting to get into CD-based games. And I remember playing Loaded. Then I realized that Tekken was out. And then um, Virtual Fighter was on the Saturn. And um, all all this stuff was... That's when, that's when my gaming, like... I think that's when I really wanted to have like buy games because then I was more or less like, okay, what I wanted to do is play video games, but the super Nintendo, uh, Sega Genesis era, they were okay. But, um, what I wanted to do was like, I wanted to play like I played at arcades. Like DJ say arcades was the itch. It, it was like a main event, um, uh, weekend main event. Exactly. It's one of the things that I wanted to do. And, um, it was, I wanted to bring that home. Obviously, I couldn't own a Neo Geo. I mean, that wasn't happening. You know, I wanted a Neo Geo because I was a big fan of Fatal Fury back then. But, you know, we can all could dream, right? So, uh, what I wanted to do is um, get a PlayStation. And the, and the person that my mom was dating, I don't know if he had the PlayStation anymore. I think he ended up jumping over to the N64 because he was a big fan of NFL Blitz. And he did like the fact that the games didn't have any loading time. So I was kind of stuck with the, um, I was stuck with the N64, but I finally bought my first console that I bought with my own money. Cause by then I had a job and everything. I finally bought a Sega Dreamcast. And when I bought that, I made sure I got all the arcade perfect stuff, you know? So I never really owned a Saturn or a PlayStation until later, the PlayStation one until later. Cause the first, um, disc based console I bought was the Dreamcast. And when I got the Dreamcast, that's when I started getting the Street Fighter Alphas. I started getting the Marvel vs. Capcoms. Uh, 
I started to get um I remember I got NBA Showtime. I got uh from NBA Showtime I jumped over to um I always, I always got the NFL 2K, NBA 2Ks. Got those as well. I got Soul Calibur. Um Oh man, it's so many games that I got on the Dreamcast when I first got it. And it, it was just ridiculous. Um uh what's the other game? Uh, Dead or Alive 2. I got that. And um, I, I like pretty much skipped the entire generation of um, the fifth generation because, yeah, N64 was my was my uh, that was mine. But I really wanted to get um, that Dreamcast, and I bought it. I remember buying it day one, nine nine ninety nine. I remember getting that because I I really wanted that, and I love the Dreamcast. I think it was it's probably my favorite console neck and neck with the uh, original Xbox. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, I played a Neo Geo when it was at arcade too, DJ. I mean, and yeah, complimentary, aka expensive. Them things are still expensive. I mean, those the console was seven hundred dollars. the The games were like uh, two hundred dollars a piece, and that was back in nineteen ninety. You know what I'm saying? That was like in nineteen ninety. So yeah, it was like ridiculous on um how things played out with people buying one and to this day they're really expensive they're down they're a little bit lower now you can probably find one around four hundred dollars now you could probably find one maybe 350 360 if you're lucky and based on my collection i may end up buying one you know i mean hopefully if everything goes well i will end up those are the only the only two consoles i really want now outside of the newer ones i want a neo geo and i want a turbo graphics those are the only two retro consoles that I don't have yet, and I really want them. Mm, excuse me. I mean, I don't want a Neo. I mean, I don't want a 3DO or any of those. Those are, like, weird. Those are, like, the weird consoles. The the Apple Pippin. Like, who who wants that? Like, I mean, yeah, if y'all didn't know, Apple, the same people who make these iPhones and stuff, they made a console back in the 90s called the Apple Pippin. Like, nobody wants that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't want that. Um... I would like to get a 3DO for one game and one game only. And that um that game would be basically for um Street Fighter Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. That was like the definitive the oh, sorry, the definitive edition of um Street Fighter at the time. And I think they had a definitive edition of John Madden as well. You know. Complimentary sports that I remember playing. I can remember playing, uh, watching Smurfs, Smurfs and playing Atari. His first console was the PS1. Oh, wow. Man, you trying to show your age, man. My first console was Atari 2600. Atari 2600. That's really weird. But, <laughs> but yeah, but I jumped from there over to, um, no, like I said, I, I, I was on the Dreamcast heavy. And then my friends, I had a couple of friends I, at my job that I was working at at the, at the time. They were trying to get me on the PlayStation 2. And I was adamant about it because this is a time where we all knew the Dreamcast was dying. We knew the Dreamcast wasn't coming out with more games, but I was trying my best. Like, yo, uh, MLB uh, 2K2 is coming out. Tennis 2K2 is coming out. NFL 2K2 is coming out. The Dreamcast is not dying. The Dreamcast is not dying. And, um... Did the Dreamcast end up dying off? But I was adamant about holding on to that console. Marvel vs. Capcom 2, um, Ikaruga. Uh, that didn't come out over. That came out over in Japan. Um, Giga Wing 1 and 2. Um, 
I was like adamant about it. I was a diehard Dreamcast fan, and my friends was like, "Yo, you need to play Madden on the PlayStation Two. You don't know what you're talking about." And I'm like, "Man, I don't need that. I got NFL 2K2. I'm good." And and don't get me wrong, NFL 2K2 was nice, but I could I had to admit those player models on the PlayStation Two of Madden 2001, Madden 2002. I really did not want to admit it, but they were like great. They were really good looking, not to mention all the other games. Like you had the Twisted Metal Black come out. You had all those games come out and I'm sitting there still playing Sega GT. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was still playing the games like that. And uh, well, I mean, I know the PlayStation couldn't mess with me on the fighting games. So I always had them on the fighting games. Dreamcast was like killing them. But um, I was very reluctant to get in the PlayStation 2 because I didn't want a PlayStation 1 at the time. And um, also on the Dreamcast, I had my NFL Blitz at NFL, uh, NBA Showtime. I had those games, so I was I was straight. But um, what happened was um, in 2001, the original Xbox came out. And I don't know if you can see behind me, I have all these original Xbox games. And uh, yeah, Antonio. Um, I mean, not Antonio, but uh, Complementary. Yeah, two, Madden 2001, man, those graphics, they were great. And I was a big fan of Madden 64. I wasn't, like, against it or anything. I was a big fan of Madden 64. And um, and, and I, I, I never really didn't think about it. I didn't think about why EA Sports titles was not on the Dreamcast. I just felt that, you know, 2K was the shit. You know what I'm saying? NBA 2K, you know, NBA 2K1, NFL 2K2. I, I love those games, and I never thought about playing Madden until... Well, I'll get, the, I'll get to the Madden thing in a minute. Uh, So... What happened was the guy who, um, the one of my coworkers at the time, I was working at a fast food joint, and um, I was I was still I was just now getting out of high school, and um, he was telling me about the PlayStation Two because he didn't have the PlayStation Two. His um, another one of the coworkers he bought a PlayStation Two, and he used to go to his house and play it all the time. And he used to tell me, "Man, you need to get it. You need to get it. You need to get it." So what I did was. And I kind of regret this to this day because um, I didn't want to do it, but I kind of did it reluctantly. I end up trading my Dreamcast to EB Games and I end up trading it for store credit and um, no, basically for storage credit because I end up get I end up uh, trading it for the original Xbox when that came out. So I didn't go with I went without a PlayStation Two for over a year because I remember the PlayStation Two came out in March of two thousand, and the place I mean the Xbox came out in November two thousand one. So I rocked with the Dreamcast all the way up until then, and I traded all that stuff in for the original Xbox because I already heard rumblings. There was supposed to be things like a bunch, all the Sega games are going to be exclusive to the Xbox and, and all this other stuff. And Xbox did have exclusivity to a lot of games. that was supposed to be on the Dreamcast. I think like gun Valkyrie outrun Two, um, Shinmu two. Um, what are the Sega crazy taxi three? Um, they had a lot of games that was exclusive to, the Xbox, but it was supposed to be on the Dreamcast. So what I did was I end up um, trading it in, which I do regret because it was a lot of games that I had. I had a lot of games on the Dreamcast at the time. 
And um, I, I, I traded in my Giga Wing 1 and 2. I traded in Street Fighter Alpha 3. I traded in Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I traded in all those great games on Dreamcast, which I, I got most of them back now. I got them on the um, shelf back there. But at the time, I think back on I wish I never did that. But I did jump over to the original Xbox. And to this day, I still have that original Xbox that I had. And that Xbox went through hell. It barely works. It works every now and then. But I don't even use it anymore because uh, it has it's temperamental. So I have another Xbox. I have three Xboxes, but the original one I still have. And um, maybe I'll tell you the story about that Xbox because that Xbox been through some stuff. But um, I end up getting the original Xbox, and after that, that was a wrap. As far as me starting, that that's when I really started collecting. I really started collecting when I got the original Xbox because I didn't worry about... Um, didn't worry about pretty much um, collecting any PlayStation games, PlayStation 2, um, none of the Super Nintendo stuff, the Genesis, uh, none of those things. I never really started collecting until the PlayStation, um, uh, not the PlayStation, but I'm sorry, to the original Xbox. DJ says, remember there was no lag online player? Yep, I remember that. What was GoldenEye, 56K? No, GoldenEye was on the... Um, Golden Hours on the N64 was not online and it ran at like 12 frames per second if you played with four players. <laughs> it was like really, 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 um, it was really rough to play, but we got through it. You know, I mean, that game was like very, very laggy. But um, at 12 frames per second, me and my cousins, we made it happen. <laughs> we made it happen. But um, I remember my first... Uh, my first original Xbox game I bought, um, I remember, oh man, I can't remember the first one. I think it was Project Gotham. I think it was Project Gotham Racing. I could be, I don't know. I, I, it's so far back, I can't remember. I remember, I remember buying Project Gotham Racing, and I remember buying some other games, but I know Project Gotham was one of them. And um, the game really changed for me when I bought Forza. When I bought Forza, that was a wrap. Because, um... I never played a racing game like that. I wasn't really into Gran Turismo like that. I was a big Forza fan. And when Forza 1 came out and the things that that game did in 2004 was just um, phenomenal. That 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 really changed the game for me. I mean, I remember getting the Project Gotham's. I remember getting um, the Halos. You know, I got Halo 1 when that first came out. I think that was the um, the other game. I remember getting Project Gotham and I think I got Halo and something else. Could be Sega GT or something like that. I can't remember. But um I played that Xbox till the wheels fell off and um I started collecting games for it. And um I was really against it. I I really did not like the PlayStation 2 at first. I was not a fan of the PlayStation 2, but I ended up getting one probably about a few months after I had a original Xbox because there were some games over there exclusive that I wanted to play. But I started collecting for the original Xbox then and uh that that's that's when my addiction to picking up games started that's basically when it started um most of these games you see behind me that are original xbox games i had and then i lost and i got them again um and pretty much that's where i really i always felt i always had a love for gaming but let me fix this and return this this way no 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 yeah yeah this way that's right that's right there we go I always had a love for gaming, but that's when it really took off. And from there, 
um i was uh i was hooked that's when i knew i was gonna be gaming like forever <laughs> you know and um pretty much i i, I kind of stuck with that to this day and i know my history don't stop with the original xbox but i think it's just what you see now is what you you know that's where i that's where i was then so you don't there's no too not too many more of the stories about who i am as a gamer from the original xbox up until now because i still treat gaming the same way and um most of my experiences are pretty much the same as far as uh um getting that together as far as being a gamer and wanting all your games next to you and want all your games on hand so you can play whenever you want and i always told myself once i started uh collecting i got to probably about 40 I probably got about 40 games then, and then that's when I said, I want a PS2, and um, I want to start building a game room for myself. Now, mind you, I was, I was still a, a guy in uh, college, and, and I always said when I buy a house or whatever, I would get a game room, and I was going to uh, basically, you know, have all these games at my fingertips. Oh, that's much better. And uh, that's that's what I've done ever since. Um I remember one time my PlayStation 2 was stolen from me um, with some roommates I was living in, uh, living with. Uh, but all this time, like, I still had an original Xbox. I never went anywhere. Um, I bought one, two. I bought three. Jesus Christ, I'm coming to think about it. I bought three PlayStation 2s before I got the ones I have now. All of those are. Either I sold them, one was stolen, and I don't know the other one, whatever happened to the other one. Um, my original Xbox, the one I still have to this day that I bought day one, was stolen at one point, but I retrieved it. And uh, it's, it's like really, really, really weird. Um, but like I said, I think, you know, the way I approach gaming now is that's the way I approach it once I really, when I knew I was going to start playing in collecting for the original Xbox. I knew um, that I was going to be able to get the games I want and I want them in a room where I could just have my own, you know, my own space and be able to play games like that. So that's basically who I am. I am a technically an original Xbox collector by trade. I guess you could say that. <laughs> and I love playing games. Like now I have a ton of consoles that we'll talk about throughout the episodes of this podcast and uh, all these other things. So um, we'll just get into other things while we keep going. Uh, Complimentary Sports asks, what would the ultimate game room have in it? Uh, I think the my bid for ultimate game room will have four, four flat screen TVs, a PC setup, it will have a CRT, a cathode ray tube television. Um, it will have it will have sections to where um, certain generations will be in one spot, like the Nintendo Super Nintendo will be one area, the PlayStation Saturn and N sixty four be like they'll be set up by generations where the games would be. But um, all of them would all of them would necessarily hook up to like the old consoles would hook up to the CRT, the old box TV. But all the other ones that are like beyond that, they will be up on the um. They'll be on the flat screen TVs. Now I said four, 
because I say two of them should be for gaming and two of them should be able for where you can watch TV or sports or whatever. You should have at least three areas where you can sit down and relax. You should have a bar. You should have um, a nice-sized cooler for your drinks. Um, I'm not necessarily a fan of having a place to cook. I don't think that should be in a game room. Uh, Also, I think you should have an area where um, you can take a shower. Uh, so you basically never have to leave if you, unless you really, really have to. Um, I think you should have like all type of memorabilia of your favorite things. Like if you're into sports, you have, you have your sports memorabilia. If you're into karate, you should have those type of things. If you're into, um, anything that's your hobby, you should have that type of memorabilia all around the room. So that's basically like my ultimate game room. But, uh. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So that that's basically what you know who I am. I mean, that's the title of um, I can say the title of this podcast. But um, as far as um, no, I don't necessarily want an apartment. I just want a apartment in a room. I want a. I mean, I want an apartment in a house. <laughs> I guess you could say that. I want like a studio apartment in a house. With I don't want no stove or no microwave or nothing. I just want a shower down there, <laughs> you know, um, j- just a restroom in the, in, in the place as well. So, but like I said, when it comes to me, you know, VF Baller, the voice of a gamer, I guess we can jump into that now. Um, I like to talk. I love this. I think I was born to do this, to be honest with you. Um, I enjoy speaking to you guys. I can do this for hours if I need to. I love explaining things. I love, I think the art of communication is a beautiful thing. And I think that's one thing that no one really, um, no one really do anymore. Uh, I also feel that, um, communication and back and forth communication. (laughs) My wife is, My wife is over there on Facebook. She's like, I'm born to talk. (laughs) I'm not following up with you. Leave me alone. Uh, I just feel that the art of communication is very, very important. And I think that in in a sense that people that are willing to listen and bring that level of communication back, I think that dialogue is is a perfect thing. (laughs) I love you too, sweetie. But, um... I feel that that's something that we are, you know, we're missing, you know, and I feel that that's something that we're missing in this world of uh, gaming. You have a lot of people that's in the, you know, the business of gaming and content creation and people that are just talking and they want you to listen. Now, obviously, it can sound like a contradiction because I tell you that I'm talking and I, I love the fact that you guys are listening. But the flip side of that, what I mean about that is. I want you guys' feedback as well. Um, I have a lot of plans for this podcast, and if things go well, maybe we'll get to a point where we can have dialogue um, on a you know on a bigger scale. But just getting back to the the the, the voice of a gamer thing, why I put that as the um, the subtitle of this podcast, I want to be that voice to where it can it will. The topics that we talk about make sense. 
there's not much of fanboyism. It's not necessarily stuff that's going to be oh straight down the middle. I I, I want to be neutral, but I want to call bullshit when I see it. But I also want to call things when it's fair. Some people don't like to do that in this world of content creation because they're scared that people may say something to them. They're scared that they may not get any perks. They're scared that they might not get any um, any good favor with developers or whatever the case may be. I mean, that's just how it is. To me, I've always been the type of person that just, I just want to be honest. I want to be straightforward. I want to be real with you guys. But I want I don't want to be real by telling you that I'm real. I want you guys to to figure out that I'm a real person talking to you guys. I want you guys to figure it out. Uh, I don't want you guys to be sitting here saying, oh, he's just saying this for the clicks and views. Yo, I don't care, man. Overall, all three of these platforms, I got eight people listening to me right now. You know, and, and for the start of this, this first episode, I think that's phenomenal. Hopefully it'll grow to be something bigger than that, but um, I just want to be that voice to just actually... Um, I, I just I just wanted to keep it afloat because I'm mean, not afloat. He said I'm reading what DJ said. Okay, I had to float over here just to click the notification bell because Facebook was trying to keep your podcast. Yeah, Facebook is not. They haven't been doing a good job of promoting stuff. They've been doing a really poor job. And the thing about it is, Facebook has a really good uh, interface on as far as their content creation. I really like what they do over at Facebook, but they don't really try to promote nothing. And I, I'm not a big fan of that, but. We're going to keep working on that. Um, I talked about um, I talked about the PlayStation 3 store leaving. And I'm pretty sure the Wii U store is going to be next. And I know a lot of people may not really think about this or whatever because, oh, I'm not on that console. I don't care. I, I still play my PS3 heavily. But it's not even about that. It's about those games being gone once those uh, once those services go down. And I want to be an honest voice about that. That's why I said voice of a gamer. I want to be that voice, just really give you guys some insight and talk about that. There's a lot of games that are out there. And maybe one day, I said I was going to do it on this episode, but I thought that would be too straightforward. Maybe I'll just do a regular live stream to where we're just um, going through the games that are there. And some of the games that don't have physical copies that we may not see again because they may not go onto another platform. I'll probably stream them, I'll play them, and we can all can get some sort of insight to what that store had to offer. Because there are some phenomenal games on the PlayStation um, store, the PlayStation 3 store. Some of the greatest games of all time that no one never, I can say greatest games of all time. There's some of the greatest games you never heard of that are on that store. And no, they're not like up to date and all this all good stuff like, oh, I need these. I'm talking about like real good quality games that you can always go back to and say, hey, I got 20 minutes to play this game. I'm going to go play this real quick. And I think we as gamers, that is something that we don't even do anymore. I ain't going to say we, you know, people here, I know you guys come in, y'all play games, y'all do a really good job of playing games. Y'all do a a phenomenal job of actually... um, playing games and talking about games you guys have a lot of knowledge but your average gamer i think they're missing out on the on the art of actually playing games looking at a game and seeing the artistic view of it the creativity behind it actually having fun because you're immediately immersed in what the game is about most people want to be immersed because they can do certain things on a game 
instead of seeing what the game has to offer and what challenge it may give you. And I think we always talk about that with Madden. We want to be immersed because of the modes. We want to be immersed because of what we see. Some people don't get immersed with games because of the challenge. You know what I mean? Some people aren't immersed with games because it gives them a challenge. Some people, if a game gives somebody a challenge, they're ready to quit because it's too hard or it's too, um, it's, it's a waste of time because I actually have to learn how to do something. People don't play games like that no more. I mean, I've, I've been having a blast with Neo too because I never really played a game like that outside of Jinshi, The Way of the Samurai. I've, I played that, but this game is giving me a challenge. It's giving me a challenge to the point I can't stream that game. I have actually have to be focused and locked in to play that kind of game. But see, that's from the old school. That's the type of games we played back in the early 90s. You know, you had to be locked in and, and, and actually learn how to play these games. And I think that's something that we are we are missing big time. You know, so, I mean, with the PlayStation 3, we're going to be losing a lot of games like that. A lot of like basic, I ain't going to say necessarily, yeah, I guess you could say indie titles. A lot of games that just didn't make it to uh, GameStop or Best Buy. And we're missing out on a lot of that. Because uh, um, I think the gaming industry try to push, they try to push a lot of visuals and, oh, that one cool move you can do in a game and all of a sudden you're sold. And there's nothing wrong with that. I get it. But I always felt that games were here to challenge you. I always felt that games was here to, um, games were here to test your hand-eye coordination. It's supposed to test your uh, mechanics. Complimentary Sports says, yes, you're up till 4 a.m. trying to defeat Mega Man. <laughs> Megan Man, okay. So that must be, that must be, you must be talking about um, Roll. <laughs> you must be talking about Roll. Like, instead of Rock Man, you must be talking about Roll because Roll is uh, Mega Man's sister. <laughs> you must be talking about Roll. But no, he's right, though. Because back then, you didn't have any save states. You didn't. You didn't have. Um, you didn't have a camera phone to, uh, to actually take a screenshot of the password. You literally had to write down that password and put that paper in a drawer, or you had to put that paper next to the TV so you can go back and um, put that password in to continue playing. Sometimes we didn't want to. We didn't want to deal with that. The weekend when we didn't have to go to school. We went out there and we played our ass off when it came to playing these games. Hell, half the time they were rented anyway, so they had to go back to the rental store by Monday morning. So, it's just something that we had to deal with. Wild Lion Games, thank you for the follow over there on Twitch. We really appreciate you, bro. I'm surprised the notification. Oh, I don't have the alert box on. I do apologize. Don't have the alert box on. I want to apologize about that. Let me see. The alert box should work now. There it is. There it is. But Wild Lion, thank you for the follow. Thank you for the follow. I thought I thought it would pop up, but it didn't. But um, 
He said, I've been meaning to watch your streams, man. It's been a hot minute. Hey, man, look, we all have lives, man. And that's another thing. If you can't catch this, I'm going to have this stuff up on, um, I'm going to have this on uh, SoundCloud very soon once I get um, that together, because this is the first episode of this podcast. And then from there, I'm going to try to get it on Anchor and Stitcher and all this other stuff. I still need to get the other one or the other podcast on Anchor and Stitcher as well. But definitely it's going to be on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. We're going to be doing all of that. So if you can't catch the stream live, trust me, within a week or so, you're going to be able to download this on your favorite podcast app. So don't worry about that. Hopefully in a week. Don't hold me to that. Please don't hold me to that. (laughs) But I do appreciate you, man. Thanks for the follow. But let's get back to these games, man. Like, why I'm doing what I'm doing with this podcast. And it doesn't, I mean, it's not just all retro stuff. I'm talking about, like, games of today. You know, games that emerge. Like, I've been, I've been touting this game right here. I've been talking about this. Let me see if I can get this. Yeah, I've been talking about this game a lot. This game is a really good game to play. And you can be immersed in this game. It's, it's a racing game where it's very competitive. And I think that's a game that, you know, we need more games like that. And I'm pretty sure they're out there. We just don't hear about them because they're not on the mainstream. But when you have games like that, even with the newer games that are out there that are mainstream, like the Miles Morales and, and the Spider-Mans and stuff, I love those games. Uh, Red Dead Redemption. I love those games, but... My only big problem with those games, those games seem like they're trying to tell you a story instead of really challenging you. And I'm not talking about like a a really big challenge to where you're like dying all the time, like Neo 2, like I was when I first started playing that game. I'm talking about a game that just necessarily like really, it pushes you to try to learn the game bit by bit. I think if if y'all watch me play Tekken 7 when I was when not Tekken 7 but Dead or Alive 6 when I kept dying at the end uh, of that boss cuz it the, the game kept blacking out because that's what one of the bosses moves to overcome that and try to beat the game you know by learning your skill sets on the fly I think that's one of the best satisfying that's one of the most satisfying feelings when you're gaming um, I did a Sunday retro stream when I played another game when I kept dying over and over again. It was another fighting game. I think Antonio Wilson was there. He was one of the few that stayed there the entire time and watched me play that game. And it was a Sunday retro stream and I kept dying in that fighting game, but I kept playing till I beat it. I think that's what gaming is about, where you're constantly being pushed. And it's not like, it's not necessarily overtly difficult to where you're like getting frustrated. It's like you're learning as you go. And I think that's very um, satisfying. I remember when I did that with um, Resident Evil 5, Uncharted 2. And it was such a task for me to try to get that platinum on those games. Both of those games, I ended up getting the platinum, but I, I worked for it. Yeah, the game was a little bit difficult, but it wasn't nothing like, like really bad. It, it pushed you. Wild on Game says it's so true. That's why Backbreaker was so fun because it constantly forced you to stay on top of your stick skills. Exactly. Exactly. We all can sit here, and this is not a shot to the game or the sim community or anything like that. We'll sit here and talk about what sim, this, that, this, that, and the third. But when you have a game that actually teaches you how to play and it's going to challenge you to, to, to be good at it, that's what, to me, that's what gaming is all about. 
NHL, me and DJ used to talk about NHL all the time. The reason why I like NHL because NHL pushed you not only to learn the game, but to learn the strategy of how to play the game. I love stuff like that. You know? And it's one of the reasons why... I think it's one of the reasons why I did not play... um, I did not finish Spider-Man. I think it's one of the reasons why I didn't finish God of War. Um, I think it's another one of the reasons why I didn't finish Red Dead Redemption, Grand Theft Auto V. I didn't finish those games because I didn't feel like I was being challenged. Wow, Arkansas came back up on Oral Roberts. Wow. If my mic's too loud, please let me know. I don't want to be damaging you guys' ears. But, um... Wow, Oral Roberts down by two. Keep me posted, Complimentary. Appreciate that. Um... I, I think that's one of the reasons why I haven't finished those games because they don't... Ch- if, if I get bored really quick. If a game is not pushing me to do better or be better, if all of these like missions or whatever, I'm running through those missions pretty easily, I'll put the game down. You know what I mean? A win at 56 left, okay. Wow. But I, I, I just think that... And I think that's one of the reasons why I do like Madden now. Well, I can say I, I never disliked it, but I think it's one of the reasons why um, I I like playing this year's Madden because it is somewhat of a challenge to play team different teams now. It wasn't like that at one point, but now it's it's, it's great. As far as that goes, teams don't feel the same anymore. Yes, they still have its wonkiness, but teams actually feel different. And uh, not only that, um, it helps me think about the next move. Complimentary sport, what was the most difficult game ever? I want to say Battletoads, but I'm not really sure. Battletoads was difficult. Um, Silver Surfer was overtly difficult. Um, Trying to think. Virtual Fighter 4 on the hardest level was, was difficult. Street Fighter used to be like that for me, like like the old Street Fighters, but not t- not not so much anymore. I I I beaten Street Super Street Fighter, or not Super Street, but I beat Street Fighter Two Turbo on all eight stars. So I've done that. Um, Capcom versus SNK Two is a difficult game, but I can't pinpoint one. A lot of people may say Bloodborne, but I, I never was into those type of games. But for me. The most difficult game, honestly, was probably Battletoads or the first Ninja Gaiden. Because even newer games now, they're not that hard. I mean, I beat Uncharted 2 on Crushing. I beat um, Resident Evil 5 on Professional. I beat—I think I beat Resident Evil 4 on Professional. Um, most games nowadays aren't not, not really difficult. That's why they call games Souls games, because the Souls games are the difficult ones. Um, I grew up in an era where most games were like genuinely difficult just because they just was released. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like when you hear like the term NES difficult, yeah, like most of the games are like difficult. I mean, I remember when Mario One was difficult. Mario Three, I mean, Mario Three was just an intimidating game because Mario Three literally, once you got the World Eight, once you got the World Eight, Mario Three, that was like. 
and imagine now I'm an eight year old kid playing that game. I thought literally, I thought I thought I was going to die playing that game. So that game right there was intimidating enough in itself, and I had to turn around and I had to turn around and play that game. <laughs> I ended up beating it. It took me a couple years to beat it, but I couldn't get through level, I mean, World 8 to save my life. Because if you ever seen World 8, you never seen Mario in a situation like that when it looked like literally he was in hell. <laughs> it literally looked like he was in hell. And you as a kid, you're like, oh my God, what have I got myself into? But um, like I said, overall, it'll probably be the first Ninja Gaiden or Battletoads. Those, those two are probably the most difficult games I've played. Um. Yeah, but I, but those type of games when I played back then, it made me to the person who I am now. I'm like literally, um, I, I'm I like getting tested in games. The only thing I don't like about playing games like that, I don't like playing games to where, um, I feel cheated, and the AI is cheating to make it difficult. Now. <laughs> You guys can say, well, that's what happened back in the day, but I kind of beg to differ because even back then, the games were very limited to what they can do. Like, yeah, some some sprites might move a little faster than usual, but you still overcame it with stick skills, like Wild Lion Games say. You can still overcome it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wild Lion Games. Wild Lion Games. Is this what I think this is? Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yo, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can't, I don't remember your name, but um, I ran into you playing Backbreaker. Oh my, yes, from way back, way back. You do photography now, right? Are you still in doing photography? Okay, so I, I know you. I have to find you on Twitter. Man, shout out to Ben. You, yo, he, Wild Lion's been here for a long time. Appreciate you, man. Good to see you. I had to think about it because when they said Wild Lion, then you said Backbreaker. I was like, oh, okay. I know who you are now. Oh, wow. Man. Man, it's been forever. Let me look on Twitter, see if I can find you. Matter of fact, I think I saw you on Twitter talking about the NCAA tournament. Oh my goodness, I can't find you. I can't find you. There it is, Taylor McNeilis. There he is, there he is. Taylor, how you been, bro? It's been a long time. Man, it's been a long time. Good to see you. Oh man, I kind of threw, threw, threw myself uh, off. Well, I can talk about a couple of games that gave me trouble. Um, I, I could talk about a few games that... uh. Games that gave me trouble. I remember on the Dreamcast... When um, I was playing Code Veronica, that game gave me trouble because back then, now see back then when Code Veronica was out, you had, you could have bought um and back then you you we, the internet was still growing so it wasn't a big thing, you could have bought the uh, the strategy guides and you could have got them out of EB Games that's what it was called back then no as a matter of fact it was called Electronic Boutique, um before it was turned to GameStop, you can go to Electronic Boutique. And you could have, I could have got the, uh, oh goodness, what you call it? You could, you could have got the strategy guides 
And um, the strategy guides were basically your help. I was stubborn and never got it. And it took me a long time to finally beat Cole Veronica. So on the Dreamcast, that was probably the most difficult game I played on there. Um, you say, I'm still doing photography, video production, but yeah, just been good and busy. Bro, busy is not the word where I'm being. Yo, and, and I'm not saying this to be funny. Uh, it's been a while since you've been around. Oh, I was just about to talk about that. I was just about to talk about that. I'm going to get to that in a second. Um, I'm running two channels. I'm running two uh, YouTube channels. I'm running two. Uh, I'm run, running a Twitch channel. And I'm doing Facebook gaming right now. On top of that, I am a truck driver where I drive uh, almost 12 to 14 hours a day. Oh, Oral Roberts lost. Oh, that sucks. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I do all that. Plus, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a father. I'm a husband. And uh, I have a lot going on. So I know what busy is all is, is all about. I know what it's all about. But I do this for you guys. But let's get back to the... Let's get back to these games. Um... That was the most hardest game for me on Dreamcast. Um, on PlayStation 2, the hardest game for me on that one was, uh, oh, goodness. I want to say Grand Theft Auto 3, and it wasn't because of the game itself. It was the final boss. I mean, the final chat that we had to shoot down the uh, helicopter. You had to go against a cartel. Oh, my God, that was horrible. Between that and God of War 2, those two were probably my most... Um, most difficult on that. N64, Ocarina of Time easily was probably the most hardest game for me because I, I was just about, I'm with you on that. I wasn't really big on Sega on the N64. My mom was. She was really big on that game. And I used to be um, helping her out play it. And I was no help because I was getting my butt whooped. <laughs> so uh, all the other games, GoldenEye, I didn't, like, GoldenEye was nothing. Um, uh, most of the N64 games like a lot of racing games. I remember Cruising USA, um, even uh, NBA Hang Time. They was, they had the arcade mode on there. Well, I, well, it played true to the arcade, so that was tough. But um, Ocarina of Time easily. Uh, Super Nintendo, the most hardest game I played on Super Nintendo. I want to say Castlevania Four, but that was fairly easy. Um, I don't think too many games for me was pretty hard. Maybe Mega Man X2, and that game wasn't really hard. It's just, it was different from the first one, because Mega Man X1, I, I, I beat that pretty easily. I mean, I did a stream on, I did a Sunday retro stream on Mega Man X1. I, that, that was, uh, that was nothing. Maybe Mortal Kombat 2, that was a tough one to play on Super Nintendo, when you cranked up the difficulty. Keep working, dog. Better be busy than sitting around twiddling your thumb sound. That sounds like a lot. I feel, yeah, it is. It is. You know, I'm just thankful that, you know, no, I'm thankful that my wife puts up with it because uh, I know there's times where, I mean, she like to be left alone anyway because I, I get on her nerves a lot because I, I know I could be sickening. <laughs> I, I know I could be, I, I know I could be sickening sometimes. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's for N64, uh, Super Nintendo, NES, I said Battletoads, Ninja Gaiden, Atari never really had difficult games, per se. 
they were more frustrating than anything. Um, but I was young when I was playing that. Uh, PlayStation 3, the most difficult game I played on PS3. But see, this is starting to get around the era where games were like just easy. I mean, even for the original Xbox, I mean, I had trouble with Panzer Dragon Orta. I mean, it took me a while, but I had I had trouble with that game. That game was pretty tough. Um, but like I said, once you get to the 360 PS3 era, a lot of games held our hands. Even with the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, they're not no really difficult games when it started to get to that era. So I, 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 I can't even think of any. To be honest, I can't think of any. Because most of the games I played, I beat. And they weren't that difficult. Yes, I, I pretty much, um, pretty much that's it, you know. I can think of difficult moments. Yeah, exactly. Like, back on the PS3, like, I would say, like, on Uncharted 2, the train, the, the, the train moment when you had to, um, go up, um, when you had to, to catch the train, that was a difficult moment. Um, when you're looking at, um, uh, I'm trying to think. Gears of War wasn't even that difficult on 360, in my opinion. Except for that one time on Gears of War 1, when you had to face that thing that was running through the walls and stuff, that they, they can hear you, so you had to get really close to them. That was rough. And, oh yeah, and on Gears of War 1, when you had to face that thing in the junkyard. Oh man, that was pretty rough too. That, that was pretty rough. Hold on, let me see. There we go. Say like, uh, Call of Duty 4 and Veteran, we had to wait by the Ferris wheel. Oh my God. Oh. That's after you did the sniper thing, right? And you had to leave. Yeah, you had to, when you did the sniper thing and you had to leave from the um the helicopter yeah oh man yeah that that was that was rough oh also on card for the veteran on veteran when you was in the um when you was in the barnyard when you was in the barnyard that was a difficult moment as well the final boss on horizon zero dawn was crazy dj did you find that game for a good price is is, is that game on sale on steam because i, I want to buy that game i have it on um, ps i mean ps yeah i have it on ps4 I mean, I don't mind playing it on there, but if I can get it on PC at a cheap price, I'll go ahead and get it. If not, I'll just play the PS4 version. Um, yeah, you got to run across the hayfield. That was because you didn't have any cover. You didn't have any cover. You played that on veteran. You were you were stuck. It's not on sale. I mean, I know it's worth the price. I know I know it's worth the price. But I just want to know if it was on sale because I already got a copy of it. Um. Complimentary Sports says solving puzzles on the first Tomb Raider. Yeah, that was difficult. Tomb, the first Tomb Raider was rough because you just didn't know. Even when if you knew the controls, it was a lot of muscle memory. It was a lot of muscle memory to actually um learn that game. And I, I played it on a PlayStation 1. I did not finish. That's one game I didn't finish. Um, I bought it on PC. That game does not work on my rig at well. It doesn't work on my old P- PC rig. It did not work at all. It would it would, would not boot up. It would boot up and then cut right off. PC gaming problems. 
But I haven't tried it on this rig that I got now. So I may try it. I also have it on the Saturn. Now imagine you playing that game on the Saturn with the D-pad. That's a challenge in itself. You play the first true Tomb Raider on the Saturn with just a D-pad. I bet that is horrible. I, I may need I may need to try that. I may need to do that because I have the game behind me on Saturn. Um, <laughs> oh man, that that'd be horrible. Um, Uncharted Four, playing that on um, playing that on uh, Crushing, that was pretty rough. Uncharted Two on Crushing was rough. trying to think what other game um teenage mutant ninja turtles turtles in time playing that on the hardest difficult that was pretty rough tank controls in the first resident evil yes that's another one those tank controls on resident evil was like the worst they were like the worst but once you learned it you kind of caught on to it but man it, it, it was just tough it was tough. Um, trying to think any other difficult moments. Spider-Man on PS1 has some tough moments. I remember. Yes, um, Maximum Carnage on the Super Nintendo is a tough game too. That game's no joke. Matter of fact, I want to play that game. I want to play that game and I want to beat that game. That's one game I never did beat. And that's my favorite superhero game. Maximum Carnage on the Super Nintendo was like my favorite game, and I was not a- I'm not able to beat that game. Y'all, give me one second. I'm gonna see something really quick. Let me check something out because I think I'm at a because DJ said also to fix camera angles. I think my camera angle is kind of fixed. Oh no, it's right. It's right. Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay. Yeah, Maximum Carnage is a rough game. That game, that game is 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 bona fide. It's like the best LJN game that ever was ever made. <laughs> and you know how uh, you know how LJN is. Uh, AVGN basically made uh, they basically made um, uh, they basically made LJN games the butt jokes of all gaming. No, I know you're talking about Resident Evil fixed camera angles, but when you said that, it made me think about my camera angle. But no, yeah, yeah, that made it worse. And then you had to try to aim and shoot at those certain camera angles. And don't be on the edge of a camera angle to where it may flip back and forth and you're in the same room. Like you may be like, you might be at this one spot of the camera angle where you're shooting this, uh, this zombie. But if you step back, it'll go to another camera angle. Oh my God, that was horrible. That <laughs> was like the worst. Jesus Christ, that was the worst. Um... Playing against Bo Jackson and Tecmo Bowl. Yes, that, 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 I don't even know if that was difficult or that game was just flat out cheating. Bo Jackson on um, Tecmo Bowl is a flat out cheat. I mean, it's, 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 that was just, it, that was just straight up, they, they programmed that game just all jacked up, all messed up. It was horrible how they made that game. <laughs> Love to play with them, hate to play against them. Oh. Uh, RE2 remake with Mr. Ed. Yeah, that was nerve wrecking. I can imagine that. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I played against him, that was. I can see, I can imagine how that's nerve wrecking. Um, but then again, Nemesis was on the PS1 Resident Evil 3. 
I mean, Nemesis was like ridiculous. And speaking of difficult games, like, uh, I ain't gonna say this too much difficult, like Metal Gear Solid, the first one, that wasn't really difficult. But playing against Psycho Man, this was like the worst. It was like toying with you. I hate how they did that. It was a genius move, but uh, I hate how they did that with Psycho Man. It was horrible. Um, uh, Super C. Contra 2 was a difficult game. Um, like I said, Ninja Gaiden. Uh, there's a moment in that game where that game is pretty difficult. I think when you get to 6-3 level 6-3, and you have to fight that guy at the top of the um, the yellow uh, building. I can't remember what it is, but it's difficult as shit. So that's another one. Um, trying to think. PlayStation 4-wise, PlayStation 3-wise. I really can't think of really, like, like I think Wild, Wild Lion said, um, like Wild Lion said, it's more like difficult moments in a game now. Like the game itself is not difficult. Like there were some games that like right off the rip, you had to learn this game or you're going to have a tough time. And even when you learned the game, you still was uh, challenged. You don't have games like that no more. Nowadays, if you have a game now to where um, you play a game now, it's uh, once you learn it, you're pretty much good throughout the most of the game. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's one of the things that uh, um, we're, we're, our hands are held for the most time, part of that. They'll, they'll give you the tutorial, and after that, you're good to go. Yeah, for real. Like like Wild Lion said, yeah, for real. Like Heavy Rain, I thought I was going to be harder than it was. Difficult moments, but overall not too bad. The hardest part in Heavy Rain when you had to go through that area with the electricity that was like the hardest part. You know, when you had to go through the electricity and you tried to get through it, and if you couldn't get through it, there was a little door on the side that said coward. <laughs> that was like the hardest part of Heavy Rain. Everything else is like, okay. Um, I remember the first time I did that, I went through the door because I couldn't. Right, exactly. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like that part, I went through the door because I. it wasn't because I just got... um. I just got frustrated. I couldn't do it. But the second time I played it, I got through it. But yeah, that part, man, you got to go through that, those electrical wires. I mean, oh my God. It was so nerve-wracking. I got pissed off at it. Yeah, it's a really dope game. I mean, I got the PS4 version. Um, I think I still got the PS3 version behind me. But I, I played it on PS3. I did not finish it on PS4. I, that's a really good game to stream, too. It's a really good game to stream. I may need to do that one day. But yeah, it's like, like you said, like there's just a bunch of moments now. And I think that, I think that's one thing. And I think um, I'm going to talk about that on another episode is where gamers today, I think they are, they, they are gamers. I will say that, but I don't think they're challenged gamers. Soon as a gamer gets challenged and I'm talking about this in general, soon as they get challenged, the majority of gamers would just quit. DJ was just talking about Resident Evil 2 with Mr. X. When that game first came out, and a lot of these guys actually... Dante Hinton, thank you for the follow, bro. Dante is a um, friend of mine back uh, when I grew up. 
Appreciate you coming through, man. Thank you. He's a friend of mine that I knew when I was growing up. He followed me on Facebook. Thank you. Um, talking about Mr. X, when that game first came out, a lot of people were just sitting here uh, upset because Mr. X was who he was. And I'm like, yo, I'm not trying to show your age or anything like that. I'm not trying to show your age, but you don't realize how Nemesis was on Resident Evil 3? You know what I mean? I mean, Resident Evil 3 would be uh, equivalent to how Mr. X was. And you didn't think that... Uh, clearly, this person didn't play, the, play that game. That's why I was like, okay... So, but people, when people get challenged, they don't want to play a game anymore. And I think that really sucks. Because there's nothing more satisfying than beating a game once you uh, actually overcome that game. It's one of the reasons why I had to go back and do Heavy Rain again. I had to get through that, that electrical wire area. That that was horrible. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm not going to let this game beat me. I can't, I can't let a game beat me, especially if it's a game I'm interested in. If I'm interested in it and I want to play it, I want to beat it, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to beat it. I, I would not give up on that game. Complimentary Sports says, I never met someone to defeat Duck Hunt. I never did either. Um, My mom, no, it wasn't my mom. I think it was my uncle. God rest his soul. He passed away earlier this year. Um, He was really good at Duck Hunt, but I don't think he ever beat it. And he's a um he's a Sega guy, yeah. I, you already know the whole story. I think about um when it comes to him and playing uh, the Genesis. He's a big fan of Joe Montana Sports Talk Football, and uh he was really good at Duck Hunt. But I've never seen someone beat that game yet. You're right to this day. I know I have it, but uh, but I, I think that's like a real problem, like. You have people who were getting mad and they got mad how difficult the game was. Uncharted 4 was on crushing. And I think they ended up patching the game. They ended up patching the game so it would be easier. Well, that sucks because I didn't get the chance to beat the game on crushing on the diff most difficult level. I got halfway through and um, I was going to go back to it and beat it on crushing and I never did. What I did was I ended up beating the game on hard, but I didn't beat it on um, crushing. I'll probably go back and do it, but it's not the original difficulty the, the way it was. But like I said, you, you, you just have a lot of people who don't. Um, you have a lot of people that just don't. Uh, they don't try to push themselves to be better at games. They just want to push. Uh, they want to they want to beat a game real quick and jump to the next one. And a lot of people who do that they don't they don't have an attachment to the game. They just want to play it. And social media plays a big part of that. But like I said, that's a whole can of worms I can talk about on another episode. And I think I want to do that because um, another episode I'm gonna say is episode number two. But I, I do want to talk about social media effect on games. And I think social media has gotten us to the point where we don't appreciate the games that come out because everybody opinions that we see on social media, it ruins that. Not only it does, it ruins the expectation. It, um, it ruins our own personal experience with the game. And back then when, if you grew up in the nineties, 
when you played games, you didn't have that type of influence. And it is a form of, it is, uh, social media is a form of influence. And I think that's the, the rough part about it. And I will talk about that another time. Let's get back into the more difficult moments. I'm trying to think. Um, I, I really can't think of like more difficult moments. Because all the other games that came out, they were like easy to get through. Kind of sucks, but that's how that goes. Um, I guess I'll fly over one more topic before I go because I did say that I want this. Um, I want this podcast to run about an hour, probably about an hour and a half, and um, we're getting to the hour and eighteen minute mark. So I'll try to run one more topic by you guys. Something that crossed my mind not too long ago. Um, when it comes to uh, just gaming in general, and uh, the you know being a voice or having a voice in gaming, uh, I think it, for for the most part, when uh, we do game and we find something wrong, I think we all get to a situation where we don't we don't I ain't gonna say give proper feedback. I think we don't communicate. Well, I guess you could say that. We don't get proper feedback when it comes to um, your experience with games. And I'm not just talking about like talking to developers or whatever the case may be. I'm more talking about in a sense of communicating with one another. I can sit here and tell you a game is bad. Dirt 5. That game is bad. I don't recommend you playing that game. If you're playing that game, I want to know what's wrong with you. Dirt 5 is absolutely horrible. But... When someone has a bad experience with a game, I really want to know, like, um, I wish more people would talk about why they're having a bad experience, and I wish other people would come back with a rebuttal to actually, you know, give people some feedback to try to like the game again. Because sometimes we we, we don't like games because we don't, and, I, and I'm not trying to, you know, mess with nobody's intelligence because I've done this. We don't understand the game that we're playing. We look at the visuals. We think the game looks cool. You see everybody else playing it. And when you play it, you may not have that good experience. And I know, and I think, if you've been gaming for as long as I have, I think that you've encountered that at one point. Even if you go back and think about it, you probably encountered it where, and this game may not have been bad, I may not have known what I was doing. Case in point, Neo 2. I never played the first Neo. I went straight to Neo 2. I bought it on Steam when it was on sale. Matter of fact, it probably wasn't on sale. I think I paid the whole $59. But I I bought that game and I played it and I kept dying. I think I still got the streams up on Twitch. You can go check it out. I never understood it and I started to dislike the game. But what happened was... I had to learn the mechanics and I didn't never talk to anybody about what to do. I just took it upon myself to actually like see what was going on with this game. And once I learned the game, the game is still challenging, but now it's so much fun to play. Cause I know what the hell I'm doing. I think a lot of people forget or don't even try to learn games now. If something's wrong with the game, or if they, I ain't gonna say something wrong. If, if if they can't overcome certain things in the game, some people just put the game down. 
And I'm not talking about like if the game's bad, like something's wrong with the game. And like if the game is a little bit difficult for you, I think that we as a collective should talk about it. And I think that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast. I want to do this podcast because we can have those discussions like, all right, why such and such a game is, is, is not enjoyable? What are we doing wrong? Because every game is not going to be enjoyable, but all of us as a collective is going to find something fun in, in a certain game. DJ would be the first one to tell you, I like Mag. I'm a big fan of Mag. Hold on one second. I'm about to flip DJ out. I know he's still here. And look at my PlayStation 3 for a second. I like this game. <laughs> this game no longer can be played because it's an online only game. But I love this game. DJ hates this game. But I learned to like that game because I I started to understand it. At first, I didn't understand it and I didn't like it because I didn't understand it. But it's not a bad game. DJ will beg to differ. I don't care what he thinks. But I like that game. I love it. It's one of my most it's one of my favorite games. Oh my PS3 won't cut off. There we go. Hey now 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 DJ. You don't have to be all that. Don't have to be all that. <laughs> but um I didn't like it at first, but I learned to like it because I understood what they were doing. And and I think a lot of people, I think this, when I, when I put the subtitle voice of a gamer, um, when I talk about that, I look at it from a standpoint to where we all can have a voice of what games that we like and, or some games that we're interested in. If we're interested in it, I think we should be able to discuss it. And, um, I know this podcast is not going to be a podcast where we talk about the brand new topics or what happened with um, with this microtransaction or why this new game is this or oh because I don't want this to be a podcast a carbon copy of everybody else is doing. Everybody will take the brand new hot topic and make a video or a live stream about it within seconds. I want to be the opposite of that to where I just talk about normal stuff. Like next episode, I may tell I might tell you about the game. Um, the way of the wounded dragon game that y'all might never heard about before, or, um, we may, uh, talk about another game that I may pull up or you guys could come up with a game that you never talked about and you may want, uh, you never heard of, or a game that you like, you have your guilty pleasure and you want to bring it to the table and maybe I'll try it and we'll, we'll discuss it on this platform. And I think that'd be a great, I think this would be a great little, um, area of um dialogue where we could have that because it's so easy like crash bandicoot just came out people are probably gonna be talking about crash bandicoot 4 all of a sudden i may talk about it a little bit but i'm not gonna make it my main focus like whatever new game comes out i'm not about to make it my main focus because you already heard that throughout the entire week every saturday at 8 30 i'm gonna be here doing this and i don't want to talk about what everybody was talking about throughout the week And this is why, you know, everybody who's here, I appreciate y'all. 
the 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 few that's over here on um Facebook, the few of y'all that's over here on Twitch. If you haven't already, follow me over there on Twitch, man. If you haven't hit the like button, go ahead and hit the like button on um YouTube. I want this to grow. I want this to be a area to where we as gamers can be just that. We can be gamers. We don't have to be fussing about well, this game is this, this game is that, or console war this, console war that. I just want to talk about gaming. Like this whole entire um this whole entire uh, episode, we talked about games, enjoying games. Why that? Why do we enjoy them? What is challenging in a game? Wild Lion says, good first episode. I think you're on the right path with the type of content you want to discuss. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And I don't know if you, I know you wasn't here earlier, but I, I feel like I was born to do this. And I always wanted to find a topic that I wanted to talk about. Um, I did a channel last year that I reluctantly did. I did a channel last year that I don't have any regrets, but I did a channel last year that probably shouldn't have been done. And I felt like it was wasted time because I could have been doing this the entire time. Well, I'm talking about something that I have passion for, something that um, I love. Chris Thomas, how you doing, bro? Good to see you over there on the YouTube side. Um, I feel that I know this is my passion. I've been gaming since 1985, and I'm not saying that to be funny. I've been gaming since I was three years old, and I'm now 38, and I constantly have fun doing this i constantly have fun picking up a controller playing with mouse and keyboard playing with the arcade stick i constantly have fun doing this and i don't think this enjoyment will ever end so while i enjoy this why would i want to have gripes about this hobby like i said everywhere you turn around now every youtube channel you see and i'm not knocking them because they still make great content but every every channel you see somebody's upset about something why i want to change that it's one of the reasons why i got this shirt right here i don't know if you guys can see it no shirt let's complain in more gaming and i have a lot of merch on teespring you go check that out my wife also does shirts as well with concise recreations. Um, you can go check that out as well. Because this is what it's about. It's about playing video games and enjoying yourself. And I think that's something that we'll be uh, able to do here. You know, so I think, I think um, once again, I thank everybody who came through. If you just getting here, this um, will be up on the Twitch channel. I think it'll be up on Facebook as well, and it'll be up on the VFCast YouTube channel. So if you guys want to check it out, go back and look at this. I, I always said I want to do about an hour and 30 minutes. It's about that time. It's, uh, we're almost done here. Um, also, uh, look for it sometime later on in the week. I will have this up on SoundCloud first, and then I will try to move it to other um, areas. Um, uh, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor. I'm going to try to do all of that. Um, by the end of the week, by the time episode two is up, um, 
I kind of got this all together the last second because I had to do some things for my son when I first started, but that's just how it be. Um, like I said, if you haven't already, man, share this, man. Let people know what I'm doing over here, man. I'm trying to do this for you guys, people who want to learn about games, because I, I, I got a ton of information about games off the top of my head. I've been doing this since the 80s. I don't know everything, but God damn it, what I know, I feel that it could be pretty entertaining, entertaining and informative to you guys. Um, yes, there will be a stream tomorrow. There will be a stream tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. That'll be on the Twitch channel and on Facebook Gaming. And uh, that's where I will be streaming tomorrow. Also, I'll be streaming on Monday. That'll be the retro stream on Monday. So I'm going to get out of here. Thank you guys once again. You guys have been excellent. I really appreciate it. Wild Lion Peace. I will see you next time. Hopefully every Saturday, 8.30, I will be here. We'll have a second episode on deck. I'll have the topics because we will have topics. This is more of an intro. But we'll have more um, topics and uh, we'll just go from there. Um, you guys be blessed. I always say this. You guys be blessed. You guys be safe. And I'll see you guys next time. All right, y'all. Peace.